All right, praise the Lord. This is a radio broadcast style message of teaching others also. And uh, it's actually a Saturday morning here. It's Saturday morning in February. And it's uh, February the uh, 5th, 2022. And of course, we do our Monday through Friday morning broadcast. But this morning, there's something that I've been looking at in Genesis chapter 13. So if you have a Bible and you have a moment or availability, go to Genesis 13 or at least read this passage later. And we're going to read the passage. And I want to talk to you about this thought that just sticks out to me when I read this passage. Let me say this, by the way. I hope with all my heart you never tire of reading your Bible. And I hope with all my heart, I mean this, that you never tire of reading your Bible as it stands. That you don't have to get some little tiny you know, nugget out of it all the time or strain at something or have some new thing, you know that you're able to enjoy reading your Bible. It's no exaggeration for me that hundreds, not just a hundred, but hundreds of times I've read Genesis 13. I'm sure many of you have found times where you just sat down and it might have been according to the season, wherever you happen to live, maybe in the winter, either cold or dreary and stuff, and you just sit down. You can literally read the book of Genesis in, in one one day, just a little while it's amazing what a, how easy it is to read and how it sticks with you so in genesis 13 <clears throat> we still have abram he's not abraham yet by god's name he's abram and sarai and we have lot abraham's just coming off of a stumble where he lied about sarai because he feared that he would you know have trouble with the egyptians because she was fair uh, very fair, it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 14. But now we come to a point that is really, it's a, it's a, it has a significant historical value because not only did God put it in here, but where he put it. So we're going to start reading verse 1 and we're going to read down to verse uh, 18. Read the chapter, basically. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold, and he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. By the way, when I said Ai, if you'll notice in your Bible, if you have some of those self-pronouncing notes like I do in my Cambridge Bible, the A, and you could say Hai, a lot of times it was silent. But it's got a long mark over it and a long mark over both the A and the I. Please beware. I've said this to you before. Beware, beware, beware of man-made English rules. I have sat and listened to people give these lectures where they were pontificating about how the King James Bible didn't match the laws of grammar. Every one of those laws of grammar they quoted were made after the King James Bible was published was made after the English language had hit the height of its power, of its clar clarity, etc., of its purity, and it's been going downhill ever since. Never, ever, ever correct your Bible by some man-made rules. Okay, so he went, verse 4, into the place of the altar, which he had made there at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. 
And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together, and there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. The word cattle here is not just like we would say cattle today in our limited use of the English language, you know, uh, cows and bulls and steers. Cattle was livestock. And so they would have had a lot of sheep and they would have had some goats. If you read through the other passages and they would have had, of course, some cows. All right. So there was a strife between the herdmen. Herdmen's a great name for them. They had, you have to herd these animals. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelt then in the land. Canaanite is the name of a people, a race, you might say. Perizzite's name of a people. Called the land of Canaan because Canaan and his, his descendants settled there. Later, the Canaanite people have a choice. They can move on. God says you can go anywhere else you want in the world, but this particular place I'm giving to my people. But he also told his people, here's where I want you to live. I don't want you wandering around the earth and if you keep rejecting me that's what will happen you'll be strangers and vagabonds so abram said unto lot in verse 8 there let there be no strife i pray thee between me and thee and between my herdmen and thy herdmen for we be brethren so that, that's a good phrase we be brethren there are times when you have to remind yourself to cut the strife yourself i i was burdened the last few weeks maybe months i guess at some conversations i heard and then some things that people said and I, and i realized that there's a reason why there's so much said not just in the book of proverbs about the tongue but in the pauline epistles and i realized that really you need to remind yourself god's people i need to remind myself constantly of how god feels about your tongue and the use of it and the use of so-called knowledge and information it, it's an abomination to God when you sow discord among brethren. Uh, much of this ministerial gossip and backbiting and, and rumors and little stories under whatever pretense or guise you are making it, much of it is not just a grief, it's an offense to God. So he says, we be brethren. Verse 9, is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. He's saying, you know, you need to go your own way, Lot. Now, here's what he offers you. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if thou depart to the right, then I will go to the left. So, Abram shows this humility and deference to someone younger than him. Okay? It's his brother's son, whose his brother passed on, died. And, he's, and Lot lifted up his eyes, verse 10, and beheld all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, look at this, as thou comest unto Zoar. You know what Lot did? Lot picked the best for himself. That's a sign of the flesh. You say, well, he offered it to him. Yeah. You know, everything you're offered doesn't mean you're supposed to take it. Make a note, reference, David, what he did with the water from the well of Bethlehem that those men went and got at the risk of their own life, at their own blood, David said. So in verse uh, 11, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, 
And Lot journeyed east. Mark this down. We're not going into it today, but west-east is not a good thing in the Bible. God moves east to west. The world moves the other way against the sun, so to speak, and against the Lord. So he, he went there and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, verse 11, verse 12. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. If you use a pencil, a highlighter, whatever, you ought to mark that word if you haven't before. He's already heading towards, leaning towards, pitched his tent towards Sodom. It's not for a few more chapters you read what happens to all this and what happens to his own family and children. Now, paragraph mark at verse 14, I want to read the next four verses. This is part of what we want to just look at. We're going to talk about, for a little bit, we're going to preach about, teach about the parting of the ways. Parting of the ways. Some of y'all really believe in this, but the manner in which you do it is not right. And I don't know any whoever's listening. I don't know who is listening. So you can't blame me of knowing you. You can just blame the Lord. Amen. But look at verse 14 down to 18. Now watch. And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. He's saying in every direction. Now get this. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it into thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar unto the Lord. Abram gets back what Lot took for himself. And Lot has, you know, horrible, horrible outcome. Uh, I, some of y'all brag about it like, you know, you could never be a Lot. No, I, I'm just going to tell you, Lot is a great example for us of what can happen to anybody. Anybody. Three things. Now, and way of introduction, let me say this. This is a historical event. Now, some think that this separation between Abraham and Lot is overdue, and it is. In chapter 12 and verse 1, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And that is a whole lesson itself on delayed obedience. So he does delay. And as he delays, he runs into some trouble. And then there comes a time when there needs to be, there must be, and nevertheless, with that background, what we do have in this story, we have a parting of the ways. Now, I don't know about you. I like to get God's big picture first so that I don't miss something later in my Christian life. Because I have found that it's easy to miss something on a given day if you're only looking at one part of what God says. You know, it's kind of like it, the reason they, they want you to study and learn and maybe even take a course on not just the skills of driving a vehicle, but the laws of the land. And the reason, if you go from one state to another here in, in uh, the United States of America, that you need to be aware of the laws of that state is because they can change or they could be different. And when you've got all these people operating something as dangerous and powerful as a motor vehicle, it's really important. 
So you see, as a child of God, what's really important is you get that big picture, and then God will give you this, some specifics along the way. Now, I'm going to talk about just three things for a few minutes this morning, I just, and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you over this weekend. The first one, now, now let me say, you remember Paul and Barnabas, they separated. And people act like Barnabas had to be wrong because uh, the narrative takes and follows Paul. Well, that is really weak. I know, some of y'all, it's weak, it's lame. Of course it's going to follow Paul. He's the apostle to the Gentiles. God's not going to go off on this tangent and follow Barnabas and stuff. And later, Paul mentions the very fellow who was the reason for their contention of separating and says, bring him. So, you know, some of y'all just missed the point. Some of y'all are so, in, so insistent on being right and being seen as right, which we'll talk about, that you miss God's way of doing things. I know this in all my heart. I want to do things the way God wants them done, and I, regardless of the outcome. Because you can't see the outcome, and you can't even measure the outcome in this life. So the first thought is this. The old phrase, not enough room for the two of us. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but that goes all the way back hundreds of years to your Bible. It really goes back a couple thousand years because this is happening in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. So it really goes back about 4,000 years or so. So not enough room for the two of us. Now, in this case, someone says, well, that's just because they had all this livestock and all this stuff. And there's not enough room. That, that was literally that way. But there was something else going on, and that is philosophically and culturally and spiritually. There are times in life, brother and sister, when you're going to be faced with something where there is not enough room. Philosophically, culturally. Now, now I'm not talking about you being so narrow-minded that everyone's got to believe your way. One of the great burdens to me is that some of my brethren that I've known forever, for decades, okay, I mean decades, four decades worth, that they are so determined that if you don't believe or teach what someone else, especially like Doc and the rest of these guys, if you don't believe that, you're not really a Bible believer. What are you going to do if you get to heaven? And the Lord says, you know that thing you made such a big deal out of? It ain't no big deal, and... It was not just partially wrong. It was wrong. It was just a speculation. It was a conjecture. I don't want to be on that side of it. But there are times when you've yielded and Abraham had yielded all he could yield. Now it's time for this to happen. And Abraham in the back of his mind and maybe Sarai when they'd sit alone in the tent at night would talk about it. And, you know, they knew something was coming. They knew it would come to a head and all that. Not enough room or the two of us. Now, it didn't go the way of open, negative conflict. Abraham took the humble road. We'll talk about that thirdly. But Abraham showed humility. But he said, look, you separate and you go your way. And I'm going to go my way. He didn't have a haughty spirit. Now, see, some of y'all, if you ever had to separate from somebody or there was a, something had to happen that way, you wouldn't be like Abraham was able to and go out and rescue Lot. You wouldn't be like him that, that risked, you know, his, his place with the Lord face to face and 
negotiated with him about sparing Sodom and Gomorrah. No, you wouldn't do that. You'd be out there saying, yeah, they've got it coming. Oh, Lot, I told him. That Lot, man, I'm telling you, boy, oh boy, make your bed, you got to lay in it. Well, that wasn't Abram, and he was the friend of God. So maybe, maybe you got to rethink this thing a little bit. See, it is true, not enough room for the two of us. There's some people that their spirit and attitude will rub off on you. There's some people that it's not any more a matter of just grace and all that. You still care about them in grace and all that, but you know that they're not healthy for your Christian life and you're not having any really positive effect on theirs because they haven't changed a bit. They haven't moved towards grace and, and charity and love and purity anymore. So there's not enough room for the two of us. You will have this happen. Some of us who's lived, you know, all these decades, we've seen it happen. Didn't want it to happen. It was a disappointment. But it happens. I'm going to just be very candid with you. There are some people whose negativity and gossip and criticism and judgment of others that they would never judge themselves by there's not enough room in the room for the two of us. And I'm not going to do it. Some of y'all, you need to be careful. And, and, and I'll say this to you. Let me say the second thing. Peace by separation. Peace. P-E-A-C-E. -E, peace that comes by separation. There are many times when cooperation is not going to bring peace. It brings leaven. It brings apostasy. It brings oppression. Now, I'm not talking about you being so narrow-minded and cranky that you, I, I am grieved to, to my very center of my soul with people who profess to believe one Bible and have such a sour, foul spirit, and they justify it because they say, well, God is angry with wicked, and Jesus said, you know, serpents, hypocrites. You know, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, with an exclamation point, Matthew 23. Yeah, he did. But man, you must have not read a whole rest of his life. You must not have read where it said he went about doing good. You must not have. Because you're focused on about 4% of what the Lord did. You know, there'd be no Simon Peter restored if you were up to it. Not you. And if it was... Every time you talked about Simon Peter, you'd be talking about when he denied the Lord. You wouldn't be talking about how he was restored. You wouldn't be talking about him standing up on the day of Pentecost. You wouldn't be talking about him having courage in prison and courage to preach at the threat of his life. No, no, no. You'd, all you could think about was that. Some of y'all, that's all you think about when you think of David is his horrible sins. And I'm going to tell you, you, you couldn't possibly hurt David with it because he was hurt he hurt himself with it all his life all the remainder of his life but there's peace by separation understand this not enough room for the two of us okay what do we do let's have peace by separation you, you'll never get peace by cooperation Lot goes towards Sodom Abraham doesn't Abraham's more concerned with Bethel and Ai that word Bethel literally is Beth-el. It's Beth-el in Hebrew. It's house of God. You can look it up. 
So many of those words have meaning just like our English words. It means house of God. He's concerned about God and meeting with God. Let me say this. Here is one of the great things that is a danger today. People are part of, say, a, a good church, at least a, a sound church, a conservative church, and they start going. And, and it happens 30, 40 years ago is when it started. And they start, the church starts going away and leadership lets them go and lets them go and then leads them that way and people don't do anything. You see, it's not about you and I. It's not about you and I causing trouble in a church, trying to oust the pastor and all that. It is about us saying there's no more room for the two of us in here. There's got to be a party in the ways. And sometimes you, the way you vote is just with your feet, not go start some splinter group across the street. But there's time that as an individual believer, I must say, I can't go this route with you. But I got to keep my heart right so that there's peace by separation. And it's true peace, P-E-A-C-E, -E, it's peace. It's not this festering thing. If Abram's attitude was that festering thing, he wouldn't have interceded for Lot, the way he did face to face with the Lord about those things over in Genesis 18, if you're looking for it. Here at this time, his, his name is Abram. Okay? In chapter 15, it says in verse 6, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Okay? In these chapters to come, in chapter 16, the Lord meets with him. In chapter 17, the Lord does stuff in his life, and from there on out, he's called Abraham. At this stage right here, God's watching Abram to see what he does, and he does separate, and there wasn't enough room for the two of us, but it was peace by separation. Now, I know people that have parted ways, Christians, uh, ministry, etc., and it did not result in peace because... The one who should have had the spiritual, mature spirit didn't have it. And you can't have a conversation with them about that particular thing without it going sour. And the, the thing is, we have to understand that it is our responsibility before God to deal with that between us and the Lord and what's in our heart. I am so encouraged about the way Abraham did this because the third thing is this. Humility ends in honor with God with God. It didn't end in honor with Lot. Lot did not honor Abram. He showed selfishness. I'm going to warn you, when you're trying to do these things, when there is not enough room, and you want peace by the separation, and you practice humility, the people on earth, horizontally, are probably not going to honor you. In fact, it may turn the opposite for a while. It very well may turn against you. And even the person you showed peace towards, they may. Do you understand that once Lot started down this path, once Lot turned his heart, pitched his tent towards Sodom, that he himself 
is not right with God and he's not going down the path of following God and he's not looking for God. And the only reason he had those that encounter with those two men, those angels that came into Sodom pre-destruction is because... Are you listening? Come on, listen. You ready? It's because of Abram. You and I need to be Abrams, Abrahams. You and I need to be the ones who walk that line, who stay in that heart and mind and that spirit. The Bible-believing, practicing Christian is the one who should be practicing humility. But we can't be bitter. Don't let it... We always talk about the, the mention, the mention trigger, the mention test. And there's other words for it, okay? The recollection test. What emotions or thoughts or feelings come to you when that separation comes into your mind? Especially if the other person took the very best and didn't even look back and didn't show you any honor and didn't show you, and they got the best of everything out of it and, and they even maybe got somebody's respect because of how they told the story, etc. If you're not careful, that thing's down in there and it's festering and it's like an abscess down in there. I don't know if you've spent much time with livestock, but when livestock gets a a true abscess, it is, it's wild. I don't know if you've ever had an abscess like, you know, uh, I, I had a thing a few years back taken out off of my scalp, my head. It was huge. I mean, it was, it was bigger than a golf ball sticking out. And it was, it was something else when they cut that thing open and took it out. I was fascinated by it. They didn't knock you out. They just kind of numb it a little bit. It was amazing what was in there. And that's what's going to happen if you hang on to stuff. And you might carry it all the way through this life. I hope you don't because you might meet it in the other life, have to deal with it with the Lord. So here's what I'm saying. Parting of the ways happens. For Abram it was the, and Sarah, it was the best thing that could happen. For Lot, it could have been a good thing if he had turned around and said, Uncle Abram, look, you're everything to me. You're a leader. You're walking with God. You choose, and what do you think I should do? Uh, how can I stay close to you with, even though I have to be? And that very thing would have changed their relationship, but not Lot. He headed towards Sodom. You know what Lot did? Look, he chose him. In verse 10, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Well, why is that important? He's got livestock. You got to have water. Water's the big deal. When they settled the western part of the United States, those range wars and stuff, much of it was about water, and the rest of it was about something to form to feed those livestock. That's why the cattlemen hated the sheep herders. Okay? Because those sheep would eat that, nibble that down close to the ground, and they didn't want that destroying it for the cattle. But you had to have water. Water. You know what he thought all he could think of was self, self, self. So Lot, verse 11, chose him all the plain of Jordan. All the plain of Jordan. <laughs> I mean, he, he took everything he could take that was good. And they separated themselves one from the other. And what did Abram do? He dwelled, listen, in the land of Canaan, verse 12. Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. 
But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord, what? Exceedingly. You see, there should have been a parting of the ways between Lot and those men, but he waited too long, got too entrenched. All his values were messed up. Don't let an attitude, don't let a spirit come into you if you're trying to be the Abram and you know you God wants you to be the, don't let that foul and spoil and stain your spirit by not having humility. By not having peace by separation and humility ends in honor with God. Let us always put ourselves in a position for God to honor us in His way. He may never really honor you openly. There's many times He won't honor you openly. And yet He'll be honoring you. He might honor you in your prayers. He might honor you in your health. He will honor you. You may succeed in life. And you may even get the honor of man and lose the honor of God if we don't do a parting of the ways the right way. I have no idea what's going on in your individual life. None. But I know these lessons. It's not the first time I've read this passage and thought about this. I know that these lessons have always helped me. And I would much rather be on the end of God honoring me than on the, on the end of getting the best deal or having the last say or even having men honor me. And I pray that maybe as you, if you're, maybe you're in that case. Maybe you've been in one. Maybe you've been in one and you did the humble thing, but now you need to remind yourself, I did right, I did the humble thing, I've got to not let this foul spirit come in here. Maybe you're going to someday, I don't know. Maybe you're in a situation where it's time for parting the ways. And if you do so, follow the example of our good friend in that Old Testament, Abram. God bless you. We'll see you on Monday with our daily broadcast.